Hello, good evening, and welcome to The Game Is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and joining me tonight is Milo. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, not too bad at all. I've been rushing around uh, with my head up my backside, as you know, all week. And uh, I've got a note to everyone listening. <laughs> Milo, who usually does a fair amount of the heavy lifting around here anyway, has really done all the heavy lifting this week because uh, this is basically his script. I've just thrown this bit in to read, so as I feel like I'm doing something. Uh, I mean, not only did he do the heavy lifting with the script, but he actually did the heavy lifting being at the match yesterday. So as you lot out there can get first-hand experience and perspective. Um, I, look, did the score make you want to sing anything in particular? <laughs> Sorry, is this is this a, a link into our listeners tormenting me with more songs? No, first, well, it is, but first of all, <laughs> did it make you want to sing anything? <laughs> um... Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was like a good. I mean, <laughs> it, it was it was a good atmosphere for friendly. There wasn't a lot, a huge amount of singing apart from apart from Harry, singing to Harry Kane. There wasn't a huge amount of singing in the ground. Um, I think. I thought I heard someone sing, "Sell them all, sell them all for the right price. I'll sell them all." Was, I didn't hear that. I thought it was you. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no one joined in though, so you know, it kind of died out. It's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? When you stand up and sing a new song, and then it, yes. you know, no one joins in. What you mean, like when I sing "I Love Eric Dyer" every, when I go to games, and everyone just looks at me and says, "What?" <laughs> I do love Eric Dyer. Anyway, yes, I, I cut you off from the the segue into the segue, but you have an announcement about well, there's a popular thing. It's not so much an announcement. I mean, I. I mean, I always kind of thought that this pod might end up with a kind of battle of wills between you and me, but I didn't, ex- I didn't, ex- <laughs> I didn't, I, I really didn't expect the listeners to take your side in this. And, <laughs> oh, well, that's, yeah. Go you on. know, so I was a bit disappointed to, you know, early last week to open the pod Twitter account and find out that people were messaging me with new song suggestions. Um, but, but they were. Floods of them, I understand, right? Hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> There might be some of yeah, that yeah, a few. Go on. Go so on. go on then, George, who's otherwise known as Six Foot Newt. Um what a great name. <laughs> pick, picked up and ran with your sunny one. Oh, very good. Um I might not sorry, I, I was listening to the song just before we came on air so I could I, so I could get the right the second to last line right, and I've forgotten how it scans now, so you have to forgive me. He's gone with Sonny, he came to play for Spurs at White Hart Lane. Sonny he scores lots of goals again and again. Now the dark days are gone. Lily white days are here. Cause Sonny came from, oh, this is the bit I struggle with. Cause Sonny came from South Korea. Sonny white and blue. We love I you. Love you. Sonny oh. white and blue. We love you. I like that. Good. That's very good. Thank you very much. And it was a six foot newt has risen uh, yeah. to, to deliver. Thank you very much. And Fergus McKee <laughs> said, uh, reading between the lines of this week's pod, sounds like you do actually want song suggestions. No, we don't, Fergus. No, Steph <laughs> does. I don't. <laughs> um, and he came up with, so I, I think, I think as a suggestion, it might be end up being a different player this one, but to Tony Basil's Mickey, and I think with Van der Ver- uh, Ven coming in, I think he's more likely to get that song if anyone's singing it. But he's come up with "Ooh, oh, doggy, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind." Hey, oh, doggy, hey, oh, doggy. That is an interesting. Hey, oh, doggy, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind, you doggy. Hey, you doggy. It could work, but I, 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 I mean, I think it's Mickey, more likely to be Mickey, Mickey, isn't it? If it's it anyone. is really, and, it is. Um, it, it is really, and and, and look, <clears throat> I, 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 look, 
Milo would have edited the other 300 submissions we got this week out. So we'll just stick with those two. But I would like to encourage you to keep on sending them in. <laughs> Fergus, Fergus did also say, with, we were talking about Ange saying don't stop. And he thinks there might be something to do with uh, Michael Jackson's don't stop till you get enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, no, let's, put don't, that, let's, let's, let's draw a line under, <laughs> under that now. The season starts next week. We'll have plenty to discuss. You don't need me badly singing your song suggestions. Let's, you let's stop have, there. You, you, have been, <laughs> you have been more than generous, uh, given uh, that you are driving uh, the script ship this week and everything. So uh, uh, we, 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 will, we will cease to go on any more about songs for now. But as yeah, for now, just for now. Um, well, Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, I mean... I, <laughs> The first question that we always ask whenever we play a game of football is, how did we play? Um, well, you were there. Mm. I mean, I watched it on Spurs play. I, 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 the, I mean, I mean, the result spoke for itself, but there's a lot more to it than that, isn't there? You were in a football stadium. You were at Spurs, I should mm-hmm. say, for the first time in, what, a few years? Where well, no, no, well, I know you go. <laughs> go on, finish my well, sentence. You, well, no, no, you know what I'm going to say, right? Where, where the football was fun to watch. Ah, there we go. That's the synergy I love here. Go on, bring us away. Bring us, bring us through the, the atmosphere and everything. Yeah, so I mean, funny enough, I so said on the way up to the game, I'd um, tweeted out saying, you know, we kind of what's this strange feeling, you know, going to Spurs and you know, looking forward to watching the football. You know, oh how I've missed you, and it was like that. And I think actually. Most people, it was quite, it was a really buzzy atmosphere pre-game. Um, and actually all the way through, you know, all the way through, it was, it was, you know, for a friendly, they can, you know, they can be a bit stale, the atmosphere. There were lots of families in, which is great. That's brilliant. You know, what, what, love to hear that. Part, part of the reason for that. I'd say bumped into a, a mate that I used to, um, go to games with a lot, you know, years back. And he was there with his wife and daughter and taking his daughter, seven year old daughter to her first ever kind of proper game. And which was really nice. You know, some, again, someone I hadn't seen for a while. And, um, so yeah, it was really, from that point of view, it was really good. Um, I think, you know, obviously the football helps. There was, you know, a real kind of anticipation of, of what was to come. And I think most people were going there to, it was the same as me, really, to get a kind of first glimpse at Ange Ball and, and what you know, what we might get that season or this season, sorry. And I think, um, I think we got that. I think, I think it was really good. Can I share with you? I mean, just look. Mm. The, the next question we ask you is: Were there any tactical changes? We're going to get into that because I mean, that's just that question deserves more than just uh, you know mm-hmm. a set question. Can I share with you what, probably my favourite moment of the game and see if it syncs up with you? Mm. I think my favourite moment of the game. Let me see if you can guess. It wasn't a goal. Do you have? Do, do, I'm sure we're on the same page with this. Go on, tell Maybe me. Maybe not. Okay. It was when Pierre-Emile Hoybier booted the ball or blooted it 40 yards up the pitch and Ange just did a little pirouette on the sideline of frustration, swearing and shouting, play, 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 play. I was so delighted to see that clip afterwards because when he did it, I was like, oh, no. I'm like, don't do that. And it was, but I think in the tactical question, it was such a rarity. Yeah, and and course, it used to be a norm, right? And of so, course, it yeah, and of course, it and and it led to their goal. I mean, not not directly. I mean, Shakhtar had a you know, prolonged p- period of possession after that, but that giving mm-hmm. away the ball there led led to that um, led to that goal. I, I'm led to believe you know, from comments from people on Twitter who were sat near the dugout that there was a couple of times where he was uh, berating uh, Romero for holding on to the ball too or delaying his pass out. Um, so you know, it's very clear that. You know, he wants us to be, you know, obviously 
precise and sharp and quick in possession and not wasteful. Um, and I think if you look at the players he's used in pre-season, you can see why you know some of those players who are being discarded are being discarded because they're the ones who are more likely to play you know kind of a long ball out and you know what what we've been used to over the last few years. Um, so yeah, no, I agree. I think that's great as well. I mean, there was a famous clip of him when he was at Celtic where he's screaming at the players, "Don't pass back! Don't pass back!" I haven't seen that. Um, that sounds there. And huh? you know, I mean, and. You know, that Hoybier pass came at the kind of end of the first half, so we're kind of jumping ahead chronologically. But after we'd mm. scored, we were falling into that Conte Mourinho habit of trying to see out the half. Mm. And that's what he was angry at. And we were late out to the second half because he kept them in to give them a roasting um, and to, you know, to tell them they need to continue to play at that level of intensity. And playing at that level of intensity, you know, again, as you know, we'll remember this from the early Potch years. I mean, we we dropped off with that kind of intensity over his time in charge. But early on, we were overwhelming teams and teams couldn't cope with that kind of that speed and the aggression and the, the relentlessness of our attacking. And I think there are elements that you know, obviously the setup is different, but as a tactic, as you know, that pre- constant pressing um, as a tactic is, is very similar. And Shakhtar really struggled with it. There was, there was, we created lots and lots and lots of chances where uh, you know we were pressing their defenders and they were they were having to play panic passes out and then we were picking up second balls off the back of that and yeah it's great it's really exciting yeah I mean, it's fantastic so he was playing a high press with uh, with basically the same defensive personnel we've had around Barudogi or sorry Barudogi I should say he's not Udogi who I mean Udogi is possibly two players in uh, two players worth I mean we'll get into him in a minute so to have the bravery to do that now imagine when you know he gets Van de Ven in and he actually hope maybe gets another centre half he wants in it's going to be that much more secure and playing that game surely yeah I mean I think that's I mean I think it's interesting that he's picking Davis ahead of you know, kind of established centre backs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Davis. You know, I think he's a bit maligned, and I would agree with that. I, I you know, he's not, but he's not a natural fit for a centre back in a back four. And no. I think you know, we saw it. You know, with, with their goal where he was kind of out jumped for it. You know, he's not the tallest player, um, but I think it's telling that he's he's favouring him over you know, or Dyer, Jaffa, and and Sanchez. And I think that's mainly because Davis is is good. His use of possession, his use of the ball is is tidy and he's direct. And I think if you take, I mean, Sanchez and and and, and Jaffet aren't, aren't particularly good on the ball at all. Dyer is a bit more of a long range wafter than a um, you know a tidy, quick you know um, volume passer out from the back and through midfield. And I think you know those are probably the reasons for that. I think obviously Dyer's. Um, lack of pace and then uh you know obviously he's he's had a knock in preseason as well as uh, you know the other reasons but i think that's the thinking there and do do you not do you not think there's a third reason which is that he really is a simple enough manager to the not simple in the bad way in i mean in a very good way actually to the fact that he actually wants his left-footed center half to be left-footed if possible yeah and i think that's definitely a consideration as well um, but I think there's also fit for the system. I mean, he has played Jaffet there in uh, in a game in preseason, hasn't he? So, um, yeah. so he has. You know, that hasn't been a hard and fast rule. I, I, I um, just said that because, of course, if Eric Dyer had a left foot, he would have been in ahead of all of them. Sorry, that was my <laughs> weekly Eric Dyer defense league thing. I, I, poor old Milo looks so puzzled by my needless um, interruption. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> God, I, I think Carry it'll on. Inter- I think it'll be interesting to see whether he plays. Against Barcelona on Tuesday night, uh, yeah. But I think if he plays, he's likely to play on the right. Um, 
he's, you know, I worry about him in this system and I worry about him. You mean Dyer? Yeah. Oh, I mean, look, I I threw that in as a joke. I think the best we can hope for Eric Dyer, and I don't want to make this about Eric Dyer. No, no, no. I have just made it about, no, I'm the one who dragged you into this, so I apologise, but I will finish off by saying I think we're both in agreement. I mean, you know, wonderful squad player for another season, hopefully. Give some tutelage, whatever, but really not. No, I mean not at all. I, yeah, I, I, I agree. You, you wouldn't want him more. I, I wouldn't want him playing more than ten games this season, and most of those yeah. would be in the cup. Yeah. So, but I suppose we should. I mean, we should just talk about. No, let's not talk about Udogi yet. Let's talk about Kulisevsky. Let's talk about Decky because I thought Decky had a really. I thought Decky's looking stronger and stronger as time goes on. So I thought he had a really good second half. I thought he, I didn't think he was particularly good in the first half. Um, and I, th- I think both of our wide players um, present us with a problem in that they're both cu- coming inside. And I think this is what Solomon is offering that they aren't. Um, and it means that you know, the defence, it doesn't give the defenders so much to think about. And obviously when everyone's coming into the middle, then it compresses everything. And we, right. we want, we want players, we want to maintain the width in order to create the pockets for the five players across. I think one of the reasons Decky was better in the second half is that he was going outside. And I think part of that is, yes. is, conf- is confidence with him. Uh, you know, when he first joined us, he was always cutting in on his left and, and running square and shooting. And I think that's his, kind of his default when you know again this is something i've talked about quite a lot with decky i think the one thing he's absolutely exceptional about is beating a man getting down to the byline and cu- cutting back getting a pass back into the box there and you can see and really liking that so i think wh- when De- decky improved a lot when he started mixing it up and yeah uh, yeah I, th- I think again i think against shaktar I-, I think some of the positional stuff that was going on and and yeah, I think you know Sun always coming inside, Decky coming inside in the first half, mixing up a bit in the second. We saw Kane dropping into the eight position a lot, and when that was happening, Madison was tending to go to nine, um, which I think is I think is something to watch. It'll be interesting to see how that develops as the season goes on, because I don't think he I don't think Madison presents the threat in behind so much, and against better teams, it will be interesting to see how that works. So there's, there's, and I think Madison spoke afterwards about about him and Sonny swapping positions as well. Madison going out wide, that rotation's good, but I think it's again, it's just something to watch as how effective that is and how better teams defend against it. I think these players, I mean, are still learning mm, absolutely. To, uh, to to kind of deprogram from the last few years. And I mean, with, with Decky, obviously it's a little less time than that, but I was just excited even in the first half to see some drive and purpose uh, that actually, I mean, it didn't always, like, it didn't end up with very much to be fair, but the fact, as you said, he is a confidence player to see him confident enough to try the trademark move that he has been known for that I think everyone's read and that I think you're absolutely right he needs to vary it up nice to see him have the confidence and try nice mm-hmm. to see him feel more comfortable but I do I agree with you I think both him and Sonny are still sort of I think I, they're still defragging I, their computers from yeah you know. I, I mean I don't think it's that I think it's about their strengths and their natural game and I think Decky can do that but his preference is to come into his left and I think you know it's a confidence thing I I don't think that Sonny... We agree on that for sure. Confidence, I, yes. I don't think that Sonny's got the pace to beat a man over short periods anymore. No. So I think, you know, a younger Sonny, five years ago, I think he probably could have done what we're seeing Solomon do. I don't think he's got that short burst of pace anymore. Um, so I don't think we're going to see that from him. And yeah, and again, I just think 
the rotations are promising. I'm, I would say none of this is a negative. It's sounding a bit negative. None of this is a negative. I think this is just stuff to watch over the next few over the next few weeks. And once we're playing against better teams, um, yeah, how does this develop? Do the players? I think there was quite a few times where the ideas were right, but we were missing each other's runs. So they were just a little mm-hmm. bit off, and which is perfectly understandable. Of, of yeah. course, of course, yeah. and I, and I yeah. think yeah, just we need to be able to stretch teams and pin them back and create that space and i think at the moment that's still a little bit off um what was you know when we look at kane's performance where he was best was when he was in the box a hundred percent and you know i mean i think one thing you know i know we're going to go on and talk to talk about him later on but you know there's been a lot talk about you know him you going overseas as opposed to staying here and breaking the premier league record i think yeah, there's a, i think that, i think there's every chance in this Ange side he could beat the premier league record by by christmas and then leave to go overseas in january and <laughs> um everyone's a winner well yeah i mean look it, i think we can talk about him in context of the game and i think it's you you've raised him it's as good a place as any i mean he will <laughs> most certainly have been fortified by uh, the amount of chance production there was. Um, You know, he will be excited by the fact that if he does actually stick around in the box, people are going to create things. He doesn't have to do all the work. Um, You know, he's going to get service. And, of Mm -hmm. course, if you serve Harry Kane, he's going to score goals. So I thought it was a very important important game, uh, uh, probably a very important second half for him in terms of just... And we'll get into it later, but I will just say maybe Ange Ball is making a lot more sense to him, whether it be, you know, from watching on a Bavarian couch and admiring it or whether it be actually being part of it for, for a season. I think, I think let's, it, let's, uh, park, let's, let's park, let's park, that let's park it. We are right. We're going a little, we're going a little too far. Let's you, talk about a new player uh, who have to say is just, I mean, I thought he was, uh, I mean, it was a friendly and you don't want to read too much in too much pressure, but crikey, Udogi's, He's a hell of a player. He's I great, mean, isn't he? Oh, I mean, he's what I like about him the most is he's got the swashbuckler about him, but he's also incredibly smart. He's smart. He's also very responsible. I saw him get back to cover a couple of times very sharply. Um, you know, he's he's got the, the excitement of a 21-year-old, like, you know, just... I've got it. I'm, you know, my life is in front of me and I'm a 21 year old kid, but he's got the experience of like a 28, 29 year old either, or the, you know, in mentally I'm saying what a combination. And I think you said this before and I'll back you up and repeat it. You did say that, uh, you know, that's one, that's a check in Fabio's book really, isn't it? Paratici, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, we were very critical of him. Well, the situation he ended up, us up in with good reason. Um, but in terms of kind of player identification, you know, if you look at, you know, U- Udogi, Romero, Benton Kerr, Decky. Mm. Um, you know, I suppose you, could, I suppose you could chuck Porro into the mix as well. Um, I think Vicario, he's meant to have had a hand in as well. Um, that you know, I think there's there's some good, you know, some really good player identification there, and that's the spine of our new team. And you know, they're all they're all young. They're all brought in for you know reasonable fees. I suppose Porro's the exception to that. I think it's probably the only one where we've paid kind of top whack for and. And they all look excellent. I think um, you know it's yeah you know, it's pretty pretty exciting stuff. And I think the other thing, so with the doggy, is that you, you know mentioned his young age, but he's you know he's got a couple of seasons um, yeah. in Serie A under his belt. Um, you know, so his, his experience is not raw. Um, no. You know, as we said the other week, um, the, the his first language at home when he was growing up is English. And I mean, just his size as well. I mean, he looks built for the Premier League. Normally, you know, a, a, you know, a 20, 21 year old 
kid coming in from you know, southern Europe, you'd worry about them being a bit bit light and um, you know struggling to adapt. But I think he's going to take to it you know like a duck to water. And I'm, I'm kind of amazed that no one bigger and richer than us came in for him. It's really interesting. I got to ask you because I know that you love to you know you love to dive deep on the tactical side of it, whereas I tend to float around more holistically and kind of waffle. Mm. <laughs> Um, and feel it out if you will look in their eyes and feel the aura and the lemons but I will say one of the things that's exciting to me and intriguing is what Udogi will mean for Sun like what that combination will do for Sonny's game and we talk about the fact that Sonny probably can't beat a man you know in the same way that Solomon can in that short jet of pace uh, but Udogi is going to but, you know, the positions he takes up and especially the way Ange plays, he's going to be, um, you can't just look at him and say, well, he's, you know, you have to. So, yeah. So, I mean, as we in kind of in controlled possession, the, the, the idea is, is that once, you know, we know that we start off with, you know, we pl- pass out from the back, the fullbacks become a midfield three with the number right. six. We progress the ball upfield, and once we've got settled possession in the in the final third, the fullbacks push up and they form triangles on each side. So it'll be mm-hmm. a doggy, Madison, and Son on the left hand side, and they will rotate possession, ro- rotate positions. In, so there's always a pass on, uh, an easy pass on, and we can work our way through. Um, so you're not going to see Udogi burst around the outside of Sun very often, as, no. you, you know, as we would have done under Conte. He would have been overlapping and, and Sun would have come inside. You're not going to see that no. run so much. He, but you'll see the three of them moving around. And, you know, we've already said that Madison and Sun were switching positions. There's scope there. And actually, I think on the other side, you know, particularly when Porro's been playing, because it's more naturally part of his game. But uh, we've seen the same on the other side with, say, say Skip, Decky and Porro were probably the three who were doing it the most. I think that's the West Ham game. Difficult to read too much into um, into the second uh, you know tour game. I think we did see Royale get into those positions, but it's again, it's you know we know that the final third of the pitch isn't really the area the area the pitch where he feels particularly comfortable. Um, but I mean, Saar and and Decky were doing that. You know, Saar is happy getting upfield. So yeah, it's something we're going to see and. Um, there's ways of working in, but I don't think you're going to see. I don't think he'll compensate very much for Sun not beating that man because you're, it's going to be in settled no. possession there. No, I think I mean no, I agree with that. But I think what I was suggesting more is that you know there's more life to our left hand side party in a Postacoglu oh, yeah. in a Postacoglu setup than we've had for a long time, and thus. That can only help Sonny. It can only help. Oh, of course, and, help him find that extra and, extra feet, foot or two of space that you know uh, I think has previously been denied. And, well, that, I mean, and that is the joy of this system, as you say. There is a rotation of creativity mm-hmm. that's always allowing you know that the two who aren't on the ball to find an extra foot or an extra yard, and, and just to say, I mean, look, let me be blunt. I'm just not used to seeing a quote unquote left back who's that good in our shirt. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it really has. I mean. We've, and we've never had fullbacks playing in this type of system. No, no. Um, Royal did tuck in a bit on occasions last season, but it was mainly to help out the defensive midfielders. Correct, yeah. Rather yes. than as a way of getting forward. So it was a yeah. shield, you know, particularly after we left Benton, lost Bentonker. Um, it was a shield rather than a sword, my That's way, right. That's we'd right. say, but now we've got swords um, and fuck the shields. We don't care. We'll, we'll leave that maybe. <laughs> we'll get into that later, but... <laughs> So, See, I'm yeah. getting excited already. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think I think it's great, and I think you know, in if you're a defender and you've got Sun, Madison, and Udogi up against you, or you know, you, you're 
two two def- two defenders, you know, full back, a centre back, and a and a central midfielder trying to mark those three. You're going to be worried because that you know there's a real range of different you know, skills and attributes there. Very very difficult, and if they're all moving positions, then yeah, it creates a lot of problems. And you know, Madison's as ha- as comfortable pinging in crosses from the left wing as as Sonny is. So. Um, you know, it could cause, yeah, it's going to cause problems. And, uh, you know, this is what, Doggy's third one. He, I mean, he's had 245 minutes and then and then 90. So, yeah, he's played two games effectively for us in total so far. So, yeah, lots more to come. Obviously, we're both huge Udogi admirers. I mean, who else had a good game? Uh, for, well, you start, you were there. Bring us up to speed. I thought Vicario was, he didn't have a huge amount to do, but I thought... Yeah, you know, I don't think he was to blame for the goal. And I thought, you know, he had a very nice save late on. And I thought, you know, in terms of being, making himself available to pass back and um, kind of commanding his area, you know, very vocal with the players in front of him as well. I thought, I thought he looked pretty promising. And um, I know there were, you know, you were a little bit nervy, weren't you, after the West Ham game? And yeah, I think, I think, I think he's all right. I think he's all right. He's not, oh, a, world, I, he's not a world yeah. beater, but I think he's all right. Yeah, I, mean, I still remain a bit nervy, but I, I mean, to your point, he was, he was, you know, he was, he was better yesterday. But the other thing is, I have to say, he's fun to watch in the sense of he made two pretty unorthodox um, saves. Uh, kind of, it looked like he was going past the ball, but he used his legs mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple of times, which I thought was good. And then, of course, he did. You know, he had, he had the what do you call it, the the hallmark greeting card save, or the the, the what, what would you say, the photographic memory save. The great save, the picture book save. I'm struggling. You would think a man of my verbiage would know how to describe this. That that well, like you know that highlight a, moment, the highlight moment, right? It was a good, it was a good save. I think I think what's key is that you know, he's clearly very comfortable coming out of his area, uh, making himself available to pass back. You know, he he's moving the ball around quickly, and the players around him trust him, which is what what we need in this system. So yeah, I think I think he's good. We must talk about Papsar. If nothing else, Ange loves him, uh, and with good reason. Two cracking shots uh, coming through yesterday. Very unlucky not to score. And just, you know, such a dominant force. I mean, he's... Uh, and you know you're only seeing the beginning. That's what's so exciting. He's only he's only going to get better. I, I, I thought he was... I thought he looked, again, fluid, uh, exciting. I don't think the balance suited him with, with Pierre, I have to be honest. But... I'm interested to see who Ange pairs him up with because I do think he is going to pair him up with someone. Well, it's not a case of pairing him up. He's, question. Yeah, it's not, it's not so much a pairing up, is it? Because he's playing in a three. Um, yeah, right. But, uh, I mean, I think Basuma was probably being saved for the Barcelona game. I suspect that against Brentford, it'll be Madison, Basuma and Saar starting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought, I think I'm finding it a bit easier to judge Saar's all-round game. Now we're seeing a bit more and now we've seen a few more games of him in this system. So in terms of the good, I think, you know, obviously he's very, very energetic. He's a, he's really good at pressing. Um, he's good at carrying the ball. Um, I think the shooting, he, he takes a lot of high risk shots, which I don't know. You know I don't know how Ange will feel about that. Um, but he had a couple of chances against Shakhtar where, where he could have scored on another day. Um, I'm not so keen on his passing. I think. It's all a bit, I think he overhits the ball a little bit and it's all the same and he doesn't disguise it. There's not a lot of range to his passing. And I think that I'm not sure whether that's something he can work on or not. So there's just Hmm. something, you know, kind of an observation where, so in the second half, I I was um, 
I was in the south stand in the park lane um towards the towards the west stand so he was running towards me in the second half so I had him and kind of Decky were kind of the main parts that you know um, yeah, yeah. players closest to me um so yeah I mean and I just uh, yeah I I but you, you you're not sure if he's got it in his locker to develop those skills I mean it's interesting I don't I, I, think I don't he's... I don't know I mean I think I think he's a good player and you know Andrew obviously likes him and um I think he's yeah. got a very high ceiling myself. I think you can teach those parts. I think you can teach that that part. I, I think you see, can teach him to be a little, you know, maybe see, a little more disguised about it. I think he's just such a fluid player. See, I he's don't so think fluid. I don't, I'm not sure how much of that can be coached after a player's come through. And I think you know this is something that you know quite often when we're disagreeing on a player or we're disagreeing on a change of tactics, Steph. Mm. You would, you know, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll say, I don't know, San- Sanchez could become Messi with the right manager. I'm, I'm exaggerating. I'm exaggerating <laughs> for effect. But well, you know. Matt, actually, I was absolutely right. Sanchez <laughs> did become Messi under several managers. Unfortunately, it was with a Y. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so give me my props. Oh, did I not Sorry, say I meant a Y? You thought I meant an I yeah, when I said yeah. that. Oh, my word. I should have explained <laughs> um, myself more. But no, to your I, point, you're absolutely right. I, I, so um, yes, you're right. I think, I think you might get marginal differences. But I think in terms, you know, I, I don't think he's he's going to become Glenn Hoddle with his range of passing. You know, I think no, he's always, he's he's always going to... I think he's always going to be a bit heavy with them. And so... I've changed. Yeah, you know, I think previously I've I've talked about maybe he could be a six. I don't think he could be a six in this system because I don't think that distribution's there. I think as a box to box runner, he's fine. Um, and you know, and and you know, playing that position until Benton curse back, he's he's got it. But I don't think I don't think that range is there. And I, previously, I thought it was. Well, that's that's definitely the the player that uh, you know when we talk about. I mean, Bentancur, he would be Bentancur's understudy. I agree yeah. with that, and I think he's that player. And I think that what I love when I see him is he's got that fluidity and he does transition. Well, there isn't much of a transition anymore because we're playing on the front foot so much. But he is so fluid when he's on the ball that he will push you that extra twenty, thirty yards. Uh, you know, with, with, with ease. Uh, I, I do like the way he's coming in on th- off the back of the box as well. He's very sharp. And- and obviously that pressing from the front is really, really important because, yeah. you know, when we lose possession there um, and we're closing teams down, it's going to create chances. So, yeah. and he's excellent for that. Um, I'm not quite sure where that leaves Skip. I mean, maybe Skip is, I suppose it depends on what's happening with Hoybier and whether someone buys him or not. Um, right. But I think, you know, I think we're, we're pretty clear that Lacelso is Madison's understudy. I think we're saying that we think that Saar is Benton Kerr's, but we probably need you know, extra cover there until Benton curves back. And then at the moment, it looks like Basuma and, well, Basuma, Skip and, and Hoybier as the potential options for the six. And it depends on whether Hoybier moves on or not. I think, you know, if we were looking to replace a midfielder, if we sold Hoybier, what I'd really like is a, a kind of high volume passer who could play at six, um, just to really get that ball moving forwards and really, um, really dictate play and, and, and um, you know, turn defence into attack very, very quickly. I think that right. would, I think that would really, really be the icing on the cake for, oh, Christ, we, we, we played three games and we're talking about, I'm talking about icing on the cake. <laughs> that, it would really, really make no, the system work well. Yeah, though, I would agree. So, so, I mean, what clues have we had um, for, from from uh, this? I mean, well, I mean, we've got Barcelona tomorrow. It's it's hard to take too much from this in the clue sense because obviously he's yeah. going to play two completely different teams, right? But do you have any so. mirror on the... Do you have any sort of, uh, you know, 
I don't know. Again, I'm stumbling if, over my words. What are they looking? What are witches looking when they're when they're predicting things? Crystal balls. There you go. You I'm not calling. Yeah. I'm not calling you a witch, but uh, you might have a crystal ball or two. I Look I suspect. Them. I suspect that if no one leaves before next weekend, we would see one change from the side that started yesterday, and that would be Basuma coming in for Hoybier. Would be my guess, and maybe. Van der Ven starts, but I think that probably depends on whether he can get any minutes against Barcelona. It would be a big call to start him. I don't know. Do you start him the following weekend against Man United? I think you probably do, don't you? I think maybe his first game is against Man United. Yes, I don't think it can be next week. It's too soon. Way too soon. Well, all right. That, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with anyone. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think, uh, I think Davis probably will end up in that slot just by virtue of a necessity, you know, so on and so forth. And I think that, you know, the player that actually, again, I think lost the most yesterday was, was Pierre. But I think we both we both knew that was going to be the case. I, and see, I, I, thought on the, right, I thought on the whole he was pretty good, actually. Again, um, so it's not what he did well. He's held his position. He kept things ticking over. It was, you know, kind of tidy, um, uh, just, you know, kind of, I don't know, recycling passes, you know, moving the moving play play on quickly. I thought most of the game he did that well. Obviously, again, berated for um, for the long pass at the end of the the first half is a problem. But he didn't repeat that in the second half. I thought he was okay. I think um, as a as an understudy to Basuma, if he, if he were to stay around, I think he'd be fine. Um, but then we'd probably need to move on one of the others. And I think, you know, I don't know, are you into the situation there where, where Skip has to go out on loan? I don't, I'm not quite sure what situation that leaves us in. I think, I think you really are looking at either Skip or Saar going out then because otherwise we just have too many players around. Yes, and uh, we, he's already said he's got too many players around as it is, which we'll get into later. Yeah. But uh, Okay, uh, well, I mean, you know, it was a very satisfying pre-season. I couldn't help the pessimist in me, which hasn't been quite beaten out of my system by hand yet, reminded me that we did once win a pre-season 5-1 against Roma and ended up uh, having one of the worst starts to a season we've ever had. So... We could never take these things too seriously, I, but, yeah, but I, I think I, the context I, is different. I think the thing is, is is not to look at the result. Yes, and you know what what's what's useful, or you know what the idea of is, you know, the players getting used to the new system, how are they fitting that system, you know. And we've talked a bit about what's gone well. We've talked a bit about some things to watch as to where it's not quite. The, you know, the fit isn't quite there with some of the players. And these are things we might be able to work through. But I think overall, you'd be pretty happy with it. You know, the players seems to have adapted to the system well. Uh, I still think, you know, it's interesting, isn't it, that that um, there was a chance in the second half where the Shakhtar player, he ended up getting flagged offside and, and he had a shot and it went across the goal and it was wide at the other side. Mm-hmm. But that was a a um across to the back post with Royal in the side and that's been our problem with kind of Romero and Porro but there but there's still the same problem with Royal there uh, mm-hmm. I, I do think that there's something maybe we need to look at and you know maybe, maybe, maybe the solution is actually not allowing those deep crosses to go to the back post it's cutting them off at source um but there's yeah. but there's there's definitely something we need to look at there around positioning and it's you know i think i think poro's come up uh, in for a lot of criticism on that but it, you know it was evident again on uh, on sunday so yeah it's systemic more than it is the player himself i agree i agree with that <laughs> there was one last thing that occurred to me on uh, at the game i was kind of watching the game thinking these are more or less the players that we've had for a while now or last season why why would you play that kind of death football that we had to put up with 
definitely bought. When, great. When you could have fun. I just don't, you know, the, the, apart from a doggy, everyone was there. You know, it, it, come, come, oh, sorry, and, and Vicario. Everyone was, all of that was at Conte's hands. And, and and rather than attack and entertain, you know, why? Why would you, I don't, I don't understand why you would, why you would do you know, so, I don't know, it'd be like getting a, a brand new Lego kit for Christmas where you could build it up and you could make this, you know, fantastic spaceship. And instead, you take all of the pieces out and just arrange them in colour, you know, in colour blocks and leave them on the floor or something. You know, it's... I mean, I was going to say something even worse and I'd probably offend someone when I say it. Why would you continually attend funerals when you could attend weddings? Or, you know what I mean? Something like that. We, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, I've been to wakes what? that are better than a wedding reception, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've been to wakes that were better than the football we were watching uh, last season. I can uh, also double up on that. Yeah, I mean, no, you're absolutely right, and it does look. We, well, we deep breath. I you did, know I, I love to be. Re- you know, I love to be reductive about previous managers who have been who have been shit. So uh, in the end, and I just, you know, you, it is. It's a point. Like, how on earth could you look at these players and not see that they want to play football as opposed yeah. to not play football? Yeah, it. It is. I mean, I, mean, I, I saw someone on. talking. I saw someone talking about you know kind of the conversation that Ange might have with players when they're looking at signing, and he could just say, "We're going to play the football that you grew up wanting to play." <laughs> Quite, yeah. That's you great. Know, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, we'll be the great thing is here that we'll be talking about Ange for uh, many more pods. I think. I mean, I, I think it's laughable that he's in the sack race and all this fucking rubbish. I mean, it's just. But that's not serious, bollocks. is it? That's not serious. And it can't like, be serious. Of course, no, but, it's not serious. But, and it shouldn't. You know, should, we, we shouldn't even bring. We shouldn't even bring this into the I conversation. Even it. I did say yeah, no, but yeah. you know, the, all of this is just noise to get clicks or get attention. We should just ignore it because it's not serious. And you know he, uh, who who gives a fuck? And you know all it's going to be is some bookie trying to get some free publicity. And they just have, unless you cut it out. Maybe you can cut this bit out. No, I, I, I want that. It makes rant. a good point. I, I want that rant in there because it's just <laughs> it's just like we've got to cut the noise out because I think you know obviously we've got a, a, we're finishing on a story tonight that's ninety nine percent noise. And everyone gets themselves worked up into a tiz over it constantly, and then it kind of feeds off each other. And we've well, just got, we've just got to story, cut it out. That story, yeah, yeah. But yeah, people I are getting agree. themselves worked up on over, over something where actually nothing has changed for a week. But we'll come. We to are that. we are we are leaping ahead on that. Yes, but I mean, my my yes. I mean, I think I pointed out, uh, in fairness to my pointing out that Andrew Postecoglou has popped up in some of the sack race conversations. Is it's just absurd. I mean, it is just absurd, and I, I think we're both saying the same thing, but from a different angle. Your angle, your angle is, is silence, and my angle is waffle. Let's face it, not nothing, nothing, nothing new there. You're a man. You're a man of, uh, shall we say, you know, you're somewhat more subtle than I am. So, I, 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 <laughs> no, you I mean, are. And, but you're absolutely right. We probably shouldn't even have brought it up. But you know, I, I think if you want to look at the betting, the only betting you should be looking at is which player, of, which of our players is going to win the Puskas Award this year. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Ange was coached by him. He's come to us because he's he's coming to the home of the Pushkas Award. It's it's full circle. Who's going to get it? Madison. It's, Madison would be. It, it, it very interesting. You bring this up because I've never actually. I'm not a betting person. I, I'm just not. It's just not. It's Nor nowhere near my system. But tonight, you may have convinced me to become one because oh, that dear. is the safest bet. If if I had a mortgage right now. You can take that either way. I could be convinced to bet it all. The week that was, shall I kick this off? You then? take, you take this, and then I'll okay, I'll on. take. It's the, it's you know, it's it's all to do with the ticket price protest that happened, uh, and on Tuesday, yeah, it hasn't happened. 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're getting ahead of yourself again. <laughs> so yeah. you've you've overshot. It has been uh, in fair, You've overshot in the fair, Kane in, story and carried on for two two weeks. In, well, I've also been protecting Eric Dyer for ten weeks. I, look, in fairness, this has been a this has been a long and and busy week. So yes, I am. I'm, my excitement levels are high and all over the place. Oh, you are to Eric Dyer what Eric Dyer is to his brother. I like that. I think I like every, that. Every, yes. every time, every time one of us mentions him, you're shinning over the over the chairs to get up and try and protect him. <laughs> it's instinctual. You know, I had his name printed on the back of my rep shirt last season. You did know this, right? I didn't. Did know. I mention it ten or fifteen times? I didn't. Did I? Oh, you must have blocked that bit out. Anyway, I wore it proudly the other day. Anyway, but that doesn't tell us anything about the ticket price protest, which is, as Milo pointed out, happening on Tuesday, which no, as we're not. recording. No, it's not. On Tuesday, let me do this. Let me do this for you, Steph. Just On Tuesday, the Supporters Trust released a statement about the ticket price increases announced by the club without consultation last <laughs> month. In a, detail, in, in a detailed statement setting out the facts of the situation and what they're calling for, they also announced that they will be staging a protest outside the ground ahead of the first home game of the season against Manchester United. Anyone who set off for the ground, you know, this is this is going to be come out on Monday night. If you've headed off to the ground already for a protest on Tuesday, sorry to waste your journey. I uh, hope, you, hope you didn't get on the train before hearing a bit about Man United. It's it's for the Man United game, which is a week on Saturday. Um, we'll include links uh, to the trust statement in our show notes. So if you click below, you'll be able to see it. You can also be able to find it on their socials and their website. Um, can can so, I just, before you get into this, can I just give myself an out here? I think I'm also still suffering from vertigo. The sheer amount of time we spent in the opposition half over 90 <laughs> minutes on Sunday, I think has left me sort of a little dizzy and discombobulated. So that that's that's my cheap excuse before you carry on with the facts as opposed to my uh, dis- uh, rubbish. But carry on. Anyway, I mean, that's it really. I, say, I, I mean, I thought... <laughs> I thought the statement was pretty good. I thought they covered, you know, they yes. covered it factually. I think, you know, unlike some protests we've seen before, I think this is targeted and you know, it's very specific. I don't. What did you think, Steph? Yeah, I think we both agree that this is a much more mature approach to actually maybe possibly affecting a change over the long term. You know, if you want to be taken seriously, you kind of have to stop just shouting endlessly like a shouty man on a little shouty corner. And you know, it's 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 very obvious that you know uh, the, the supporters trust has a really cohesive MO here and very smart. They've picked a very, very good point. And as I think we were talking about before, it's a long game. I mean, it probably isn't going to change much this season, but maybe next season it will, you know, maybe it'll affect season ticket prices, right? I mean, I, I, I think it's a very, very smart uh, thing to stand up on. I mean, I mean, firstly, they're right. I mean, you know, the way this has been yes. handled by the club is awful. So, you know, if you're going to process, pick something you're right on. And, yeah. uh, it's always yeah, a good start. And, yeah. and then have demands that, you know, are reasonable. And mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I don't think, I think it's very unlikely that the club are going to reverse the decision, the ticket price decision for this season. But I think, you know, if it puts down a marker, which means that season tickets don't go up next season, ne- ne- you know, next summer in line with the ticket prices this year or ticket prices aren't raised again, or that the club don't try any of this stuff without consultation with the supporters trust and, and fab, then I think that would be, you know, that that's probably you know, the best outcome we could hope for. And you know, I think you know all we want really is the club to start engaging with fans and bloody talking to us. And you know, and, and the very important marker for that is that they see how you know that the sports trust is you know 
it's not a bunch of blokes or people standing on a corner yelling. I mean, it's important that that marker be set. It has been set, uh, re-established, I should say. And so, yeah, uh, probably not much more to say than it is the right issue to take a stand on. And, you know, long may the uh, long may the battle continue, if you will. It is a battle. I mean, there's no doubt yeah. it's a battle to get this club to understand how to relate to the fans in, a, in, a, in a, maybe in a more human sense. And it's interesting. There is a little inflection. Uh, you do see them do things every so often that they get so right. Some of their community work is, is sensational. And I'm talking about the club here. It is. Some of Tottenham's community work is, is, is utterly commendable. And so it makes it all the more baffling that they get this stuff so wrong. Let's hope the trust helps them bridge that gap and it's a good start. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, they just need to put, we need to put down a marker on this. So mm-hmm. it's absolutely right. Yep. Do you want to pick this one up? Oh, that's as right. I, because as I you read the last doing, one I because I got it completely well, and utterly well, arseways. Do, well, do, yes. you st- do you want to start it? And then I'll pick it up in a second. <laughs> Head of Academy coaching Chris Powell has decided to join the club ahead of the... See, I've got it wrong. No, I was joking. That was a joke. Head of Academy coaching Chris Powell has decided to leave the club ahead of the new season. Uh, This follows the departure of Academy manager Dean Rastrick earlier in the summer and Simon Davies taking on the role of Academy director. Uh, Chris had been at the club for three years and was recruited as part of the restructuring of the Academy following the departure of John McDermott to the FA. Ashley Phillips. It was confirmed on Saturday that we signed 18-year-old centre-back Ashley Phillips from Blackburn Rovers for £2 million. We reached agreement with Blackburn last month that would have seen us pay £3 million up front and a further £2 million with add-ons. But Blackburn pulled out of those talks and upped the price to £9.5 million. The ploy backfired when no other clubs took forward their interest and we were able, <laughs> able to activate a £2 million release clause which came into effect on Friday. Uh, Phillips made 14 appearances for Blackburn's first team last season and has been a regular in England's youth setup and captained England under-18s against Norway last June. I owe you an apology, actually, Steph, because I say off-pod off last week we talked a bit about this and you mentioned the £2 million release clause and I said I'd, I'd hadn't heard of anything. So... Um, that turned out to be true. Um, there was one, and uh, Blackburn have shot themselves into the in the foot to the tune of seven and a half million. Well, no, actually, no. Sorry, no, they haven't. They've, they've shot themselves into the foot to the tune of three million. Is it churlish to say that this might be the deal that is the most satisfactory? to the way our club operates and our chairman this summer. He will never enjoy a deal. Oh, he won't enjoy a summer deal more than this one, will he? Because this is just absolutely classic. This is this is like a Pink Panther film. I mean, my understanding is, is that Phillips came down and did a medical when the negotiations originally started and then stayed in London afterwards. So we would have had the full... You know, inside track on you know what his contract was and everything else like that. So why Blackburn didn't try? You know, when he didn't come back, they didn't try and cut a deal with us. I'll, I'll never know. <laughs> ah, ridiculous! Absolutely ridiculous. But what isn't ridiculous? Oh, and by the way, look, welcome, uh, welcome to uh, welcome to Ashley Phillips. But what isn't ridiculous is that Mickey Van Der Ven has flown into England, was spotted in the stands yesterday, uh, and, and is uh, uh, supposedly completing his transfer from Wolfsburg. I mean, this is uh, this is pretty much said and done, right? We, we, I think I think we could safely ring the bell on this, right? I think everyone, yeah, yeah. I think everyone was saying tonight that the medical was completed today and he's signed and presumably an announcement will be made tomorrow so morning before, movie, before someone yeah. photographs him getting on the plane to fly to Barcelona. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think... Oh, right. He's flying there for the friendly. I thought you meant our deal being hijacked at the 11th hour. (laughs) You've been a Spurs fan too long. I've got PTSD. (laughs) 
Oh no! It's been a it's been a hell of a week. It's all let's, done. Let's just continue. Let's just continue. Fifty million euros, including add-ons. Um, you know, we talked about him uh, mm-hmm. a fair amount this summer because he's been one of the uh, outst- long-standing uh, targets for Ange and the club. Uh, he is lightning quick. He's tall. He's good on the ball. He is a decent passer, and he fills the role of specialist left centre back that has been empty since Jan Vertonghen left the club a few years ago. Word of warning, and I think you will. Agree with me and join me in this. You know, he is a raw talent. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't expect the finished article immediately. And I do think we're going to have a few Keystone Cops heartache moments uh, with him. But by God, I think his ceiling, I mean, he's got cathedral ceilings for me. He really does. The right coaching, I think he can be a dominant, dominant force in this league. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, him and Romero with the doggy and, um, I don't know, you know, Porro or or Royal outside is, um, there's lots of fun there. Um, <laughs> it's a load of fun. <laughs> uh, um, it's kind of the anti-Conte back line, isn't it? Really, in terms of <laughs> so dragging it back to him again. Um, yeah, I mean, I watched. Is anti-Conte quite... is does anti-Conte have the ring of antichrist about you? So, <laughs> just to me, when you say it like that, the anti-Conte. I mean, we shouldn't be. Should we be this harsh on him? I mean, he did give us a few good months, but other than that, he was a bit miserable, wasn't it? Anyway, anyway. Um, I mean, I, I watched him quite a bit last season. I, I, I kind of, I mean, I tend to prefer. I don't watch a huge amount of Premier League football. I tend to watch foreign leagues, and I watched the Bundesliga quite a bit, and particularly the second half of last season when our season was falling to pieces and and Arsenal were sitting pretty at the top of the table. My interest in watching Premier League football was even less than usual. It um, was a collapse and, you predicted, by the way, I will uh, uh, say that. And I diverted my attention to doing summer scouting for Spurs, um, <laughs> unsolicited and not sending it to anyone, but uh, kind of, but kind of drawn, up a li- drawn up a list of players and, and Mickey van der Ven was on, on that list. I've watched him a fair bit. Um, uh, you know, he is a player I like a lot. I agree with you, he's raw, um, but that pace with that high line is going to be such an asset. I think he has got the ability to uh, to be the cat to Romero's dog, but I think one of the things you you say kind of keystone cops moments. I think we are going to see a situation where both him and Romero overcommit upfield, and then there's a ball in behind, and you know people are trying to scramble back. We're going to see that a few times this season, and it will take a little while for that. I'm expecting it to take a little while for that understanding between the two of them to 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 build. But you know, such a such a young back line you know you think oh, so yeah i mean you, you look at that you've got 21 22 romero's 24 isn't he i think mm. and um you know royal 23 so you know very very young very very exciting yeah and uh look let's face it if there are mistakes that lead to goals this season they are going to be only one type of mistake pretty much right obviously there's the odd howler it's going to be as you said that ball over the top and our defenders getting caught like too high up. Yeah. I suppose I'll take that. I will take that because I, it means we're trying to fucking play football. I, yeah, I think I think we might see, there might be one or two occasions when both Romero and Van der Ven kind of dive in, you know, slide in and are on the ground and the ball kind of gets played through them. So I think we might see a kind of, that's a risk. Um, but you know, I think it'll I be think, fun. I think in terms it's of Ange, though, I think a goal. I, th- I think in terms of Ange, Ange sees this as, as an acceptable risk. You know, whatever, what all yes. systems have weaknesses. And, He's absolutely right. You know, and 
you know, what we've seen for the last few years is us invite pressure, soak it up, and then trying to hit on the break with defenders who don't either don't have the com- confidence or the composure wow. to play under that kind of system. I'd, but- I'd much rather play in the opposition half and have the ri- have to run the risk of being hit on the break than be pummeled in the face for 90 minutes in the hope that you're still on your feet at the end of it you know as a choice yeah. that's but but as you but it's funny you mentioned you know acceptable levels of risk i think it's an unacceptable level of risk to try and play the game we played uh, under the last two managers because as you said you're forcing you know adequate defenders to to you know, you're forcing them to try and defend like you know the classic Italian sides of, of, of like the eighties and so on and so forth. Mm. It's just, I mean, it's not going to work. That's a risk that I thought a ma- managers. Anyway, we're wandering down that path. Sorry, I, 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 I apologise for wandering all over the place. But we're having fun. We're having <laughs> right. fun. I think we're having come. fun. Are you have, come on, bring it into shape. Come on. Yes, I'm going to have fun trying to say this. So uh, I think <laughs> I'm going to have think... fun listening. <laughs> I think is a Leo Valise. I think is how you yeah, say it. That's but acceptable. I'll um, I'll listen for someone, a Spanish speaker, saying it sometime in the next week and find out how how much I've mangled it. Anyway, uh, send a song. Anyone has a song for a Leo Valise? Please send it to to Milo. He'd love to hear it. Um, um, <laughs> anyway, he's he's also flown in this weekend. Uh, I don't think he was at the game yesterday, but he's flown in since. Also rumoured to be done. He's joining us from Rosario Central in a deal worth 15 million euros plus add-ons. Um, he starred for Argentina in the under 21, sorry, under 20s World Cup uh, early this year score, and scored 11 goals in 23 games in Liga Professional this season. He was really good in the under 20s World Cup. Um, standards Dan Kilpatrick says that Feliz, um, seen by, as the club by one for the future. I think actually pretty much all, all of the beat journos have said this now. Um, there was talk about whether he'd be loaned back to Rosario Central for the rest of the Argentinian season, which runs to the end of the calendar year. But I don't believe that's happening now. I think he is going to be joining up with the squad. But I think a bit like Ashley Phillips, it's likely to be kind of joining up with the squad for experience rather than being a player who's going to be playing regularly. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he's one he gets loaned out in the second half of the season. Um, it, it, you... You almost want to kind of loan him to, I don't know, Belgium or somewhere like that, where he's going to get European experience and and uh, and develop a bit and you know be ready for our first team in a you know maybe a couple of years time. Should we get to the transfer listed section? Let's do I that. I will take. Uh, let me take it on. Dan Kilpatrick and Alistair Gold both carried stories on possible departures on Monday. Uh, Hugo Lloris, Targi and Dombele, Joe Rodon, Jed Spence, Davinson Sanchez, Jaffet Tanganga, Harvey White, and Sergio Reguilon are all said to be available. Um, and Pierre-Emil Hoybier could also leave if we receive a bid that matches our valuation. Look, the initial Premier League squad list for the coming season has to be submitted later this week. Um, that limits us to 25 players over the age of 21, and we currently have 31 of those, or 32 if Van der Ven has been announced by the time we record this, but we've already called it, so let's say <laughs> it's 32. Uh, so we can expect to see some of these players left out of the squad when the list is submitted, right? I mean, and it's, I, I mean, I will say this, there is an interesting name on this list to me which is jed spence um something's not happening for him yeah i mean i think he had an injury going into the summer um but and you know he's the most you know we've got three three right backs for two places and he's the most junior of the three um but yeah i mean you know it's not it's not happening for him is it and i think we're probably at the stage now i don't know you know it'd be interesting to know what angie's views are of him and we'll probably get an indication of that as to whether his departure is a loan or a sale um 
you know, if if we're loaning him out, then you probably want him to have Premier League or a Bundesliga loan, some, something like that, and get a full season under his belt and see where we are. Um, otherwise, yeah, maybe we cut our losses and sell him. You know, yeah. I don't know. I think it might be fair to the player. It feels like the player is just in stasis right now. He's not really getting anything. Even the loan didn't really work out that well for him last season. Um, well, no, I think, uh, I, I think, I mean, you've got to bear in mind that, you know, the loan to Wren, he played a lot when he joined them, but that's because it was their club captain who played at right back for them and he was out injured. And um, when he came back, obviously he took his place back. But Spence played very well you know, for the period he was covering and that's, that was always the intention of that move. So I think I think it probably worked as well as they were expecting. And yeah, I mean, I watched quite a lot of Wren uh, during that period. I, th- I thought he played really well, but it's time for him to go. Yeah, it is. I think so. It's going to be interesting to see that list, though, because um, you know, obviously, we're, we're you know talking about some more players coming in as well. You know, another centre back coming in. You'd hope. Um, you know, I think it's going to be. You know, at the moment, we've, you know, we've been speculating all summer about who doesn't fit and, and where you know where they go. You know, that fact. You know, what was that that, that second second pod of the um, after the end of the season was doing exactly that. Well, we're going to find out later on this week because it's going to be a load of players left out. Um, yeah. One thing I did think was strange, sorry, just on Hugo there, um, and it was really brought home when Shakhtar brought off their veteran goalkeeper and gave him the standing ovation and all the rest of it, that Hugo was absolutely nowhere to be seen. And I was kind of expecting him to be brought out on the pitch at halftime or you know, some do something with him or at the end of the game. Or, you know, similarly, you know, you bring him on in the 89th minute for you know you know to give everyone a chance to clap him Ceremon- and stuff. a ceremonial exit yeah yeah and it was just it was just a bit weird well it is weird that whole thing is weird yeah i don't know well hopefully someone will say something and we'll have something to talk about because mm. as you said it's a bit of a void right now and it's an uh, it's a really hard one to fathom um it's my turn isn't it should we tra- transfer rumors yes so first up we've got gift orban and it's a Belgium newspaper Het Newsblad say that we are interested in 21-year-old Ghent striker Gift Orban. Orban has had a rapid rise since leaving Nigerian club Bison FC. That's one for your t-shirt collection, Steph. Um, for Norwegian <laughs> second division outfit Starbeck 15 months ago. He left Starbeck for Ghent at the end of uh, the January transfer window. That's this year, scoring 20 goals in 22 games in the second half of the season, including the fastest ever hat-trick in a UEFA club competition at three minutes, 25 seconds. Um, I mean, I can, I've watched a bit of him. He's lightning quick, good presser. Um, I think it would be a good fit for, for Ange. I mean, I suppose, you know, your word of caution would be that he's only played in Europe for 15 months and some of that was in the Norwegian second division. So, you know, potentially there, I don't know, there might be the risk that he's a flash in the pan. He's a fast, it's a fascinating story though. Um, uh, Starbeck scouted him. He was playing in a kind of exhibition tournament in Togo and they spotted him there, brought him over on a, on a trial. Didn't think he made the grade. He played with some of their second team a bit and, um, sent him back to, to, um, to Nigeria and then, they were short of a player. They they asked him over again, and it was quite again. He was knocking around the the reserves, and then got a chance in the first team, and just started scoring and didn't stop. And it's been non-stop from there. It's just yeah, fascinating, fascinating story so far. Really exciting player. Um, I think there's stories coming out of Belgium tonight that we have made contact with Ghent about him, and they're looking at talking about fees around the thirty million euros mark. Um, but which makes I, him a little more than a punt. 
uh, and a I mean, little less than a marquee signing. So he's in that zone where you'd have I, to suggest we won't be signing him unless we get some cash in from somewhere, whether it be, I, you know. Well, and and space in his position. Yeah. I mean, I think I think this is one of the ones where you We're take circling. a punt now and you can get him for 30 million euros. If you allow him to go to a, you know, a mid a club bigger than Ghent in a bigger league than yeah, yeah. than Belgium, then he's going to be costing you 80, 90 million euros in if, a year's time. If, 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 if he pushes on. If he pushes yeah. on, yeah. But, Who'd be a scout? I mean, but <laughs> I think I think this is the right thing to do. You know, we all criticised the club when we didn't pick up Madison when he would have been cheaper or, you know, Grealish when we had the chance or others like that. And then they go beyond us. So I think, you know, this window... You know, we've seen it. You know, the praise we gave Udogi earlier on. If Udogi had gone somewhere else and we were looking at him now, then you'd probably be looking at 40, 50 million pounds for him next mm-hmm. summer, potentially. So, you know, we've got to take punts on these players, and not all of them are going to work out. You know, but if we're using data and we're, we're, you know, scouting intelligently, then, you know, maybe there's a chance. There is probably not a chance for my vote uh, earlier this uh, summer for the reclamation project. Uh, that Ange Postacoglu would be known for at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. I uh, shamelessly admit that I thought Tony and Dombele was going to get resurrected by the manager who'd shown a great interest in him um, and, and seemed to enjoy the potential of him, uh, uh, you know, in all sorts of roles. But sadly, it just hasn't happened. Looked good in a few training sessions, got injured. I just, it's another Jed Spence story here in the sense of it's just not happening for him. And it is time. Even I'm prepared to throw the towel in. And I consider myself, you know, the sort of person who gives anyone a second, third, fourth, fifth chance. But it's over. And the Mirror have reported that Galatasaray have bid 11 million for him, 11 million pounds, that is. And I think we would probably both agree let's take the money and run for all parties concerned it's sad because he is one hell of a talent but it it ain't going to happen with us is it no i don't think there's ever space for him and geo to stay on and geo took his chance you know and dembele got injured when he might have had a chance you know them's the draws it's the cruelty of football well Yeah. yeah and this might be one of those you know sliding doors moments that we talk about in you know, we do a pod about in a few years' time when, I don't know, you know, Gio goes on to be our kind of greatest ever midfielder or Ndombele, you know, resurrects himself and has, you know, I don't know, won the Champions League with whoever it is. You know, this is just one of those moments, isn't it? And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's just title, that's just, that's title just winner in Title winner in Serie A, I'd love to have seen him uh, try yeah. himself out with Ange, but uh, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I hope and, they take the money. But and, and frankly, I think we'll take any any reasonable yes. bid to get his wages off the books. I don't, you know, I think yeah. the transfer fee is almost secondary to getting two hundred k a week off the books. Yeah, well, here it is. I would say that I would say that this is uh, going to be. I, I'm expecting something of Wagnerian or Shakespearean. Okay. All right, uh, come on, clear we, your throat. We, clear your throat. We've reached it. We've 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 uh, we've plugged this enough through the episode, haven't we? If anyone's still with us, well done. Uh, belt yourselves in. It's been a wild week in Harry Kane rumours. On Monday, there was no agreement in a meeting between Spurs and Bayern, with Bayern's offer reportedly still £25 million short of what we want. Bear that in mind. We might come back to that. On Tuesday, Dan Kilpatrick reported that Harry Kane has set a deadline for getting the transfer sorted before our first Premier League fixture, or he'd remain at Spurs for the 23-24 season and may be open to, open to negotiating a new contract if things go well under Ange. On Friday came the news that it was now Bayern Munich's turn who were setting to, to set deadlines and they would walk away from the deal and move on to other targets if we didn't accept their, their offer by midnight on Friday. Midnight came and went, and on Saturday, Daniel Levy flew out of the country for a couple of weeks' holiday. 
Also on Saturday was, <laughs> was some prime old school in the know when someone posted on a message board that his mate had sorted out the passports for Harry Kane's dogs to move to Germany. Twitter sleuths were quickly on the case and discovered that you don't need a passport to take a dog to Germany. On, on Sunday, Kane scored four goals against Shakhtar Donetsk and didn't give the body language experts much to run with. <laughs> and today, Monday, as we record this, we've rejected another bid from Bayern, which is still said to be 25 million short of what we want, or they didn't offer enough cash up front. Believe what you want. Disclaimer, some or most of the above may be bullshit. Steph, have we moved any further along this week? Or no. this, this is becoming like waiting for Godot, isn't it? It's... Uh... <laughs> Oh dear. Well, I mean, look. Uh, one of the, I, I can give you a little bit of exclusive in the know, which is that you know, far be it for the uh, the the dog passports. The truth is that Harry's dogs have actually told him that they're not particularly keen on Bavaria, and uh, they are said to hold the balance in what is going to happen in the next week. Should we categorise that as some of this maybe bullshit? It mm. is bullshit. It's all bullshit. I mean, nobody knows. There are two men who know what is happening, and I would wager that actually there may be. Only one man who truly knows what's happening, right? It, it, it's Daniel. This is in Daniel's hands. Well, I mean, Harry's and Bayern's as well. I mean, I think the truth of the matter is, is that until Bayern make an offer that um, that meets our valuation, he's not going anywhere. Um, I think Sky are saying tonight that neither us nor Bayern have closed the door on a transfer and there's still discussions going on. So, you know, all the time that that's being left open and we're talking to them, I think there's a chance it happens. Um, but, you know, we don't seem to have moved any further on. And, you know, we you know, started the week, or they started the week 25 million short. They've ended the week 25 million, or started this week 25 million short. Um, you know, I think we're always going to want cash up front, when, um, or, you know, as much as we can up front. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. We don't. But the the, the deadline that has been mooted that interests me more than any of this other rubbish is the one that Harry Kane said when he said, essentially said, and I'm paraphrasing him, I admit this, you know, if I line up against Brentford, that's it. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, that That's the one, that's the bluff call. Well, I, mean, I, I think, I mean, I, my reading of that was that actually that's an ultimatum on Spurs rather than uh, Bayern. And, you know, what he's effectively saying is, you know, sell me now, or what my how I read it was, sell me now, or you lose, or you know, you risk losing me for nothing. Um, but that's I mean, very interesting that you say that because I saw it as an ultimatum for him, basically saying to Bayern, who he must have had something to do. It's like, hey, fucking show up, otherwise you can you can you know, you can sod off for another season. But, you know, and I think a lot of people are kind of reading into every twist and turn. You know, whatever they're kind of. Yeah, yes. back up to what their starting position was. We're, you know, we're, and, we're actually and... dangerously close to that ourselves at this moment in time, aren't we? We are. It's impossible not to. I mean, it's impo- it is, it, it's, it's a classic example of an industry that only showed up like, what, 10 years ago? Mm, you pick a that. star player of the... Yeah, maybe, yeah, but, sorry. Maybe but, the, I mean, but, like, it's an industry, a star player, and you just drag it out and drag it out and drag it out. It's like, oh, fucking... I, I don't know. I'm not in either of their heads. <laughs> I mean, right. I, I don't even think, you know, Sunday two o'clock is actually a deadline either, though, because the transfer window still runs f- for longer. If we want, you know, we Spurs want to sell, and I, I I think we probably do if the right if the right offer is made, then if it comes later and we can still get in the replacements we want, then I still well, think there's a chance we accept it. And I think there's still a chance that Harry Kane moves. And I think all of this at the moment is kind of, you know, bluff 
and you know counter bluff and well, um no, you know, right, posturing at, and all the rest of it it is all pod. you're absolutely right but you're right but can i suggest that we end the pod on one note here uh can i suggest that given the fact you've actually given us the slam dunk bet of the season with the pushkas award which uh <laughs> by the way <laughs> that's shall we each just shall we each just okay you're putting down 25 quid with the big betters around here come next sunday at the end of the match, is Harry Kane like taking off his brand new Skechers boots, which, by the way, was something you were onto. You forgot to mention it on the pod mm. before. You were onto the fact that he blacked his boots out. And I'm going to say this for you if you want to say it for yourself, cut me off. You had a theory that maybe Adidas were had been manoeuvring in the background, mm. but we've since learned that he uh, he is now... He's going to be the first footballer to ever have a boot with Skechers, which I have to tell everyone. <laughs> I got a message from someone you may or may not have been listening to for the last hour plus saying, that's that's such a Harry boot. That's such a Harry boot company. <laughs> and I have to say, you're, I thought about it. it. It's so true. It's a, it's it's a weird thing to do, but you must be getting paid a lot of money by Skechers is all I can say. But is he going to be taking off his brand new Skechers? And uh, in, in, you know, at the at Brentford's new stadium, having I, just played a game for Tottenham Hotspur, or is he going to be in Bavaria? What's I your? What's your? I know you haven't got a feeling. If you had to take a punt, I still think he's most likely to leave. Um, but I don't know whether that's by next weekend. I, again, I think this is another deadline that could fly past. Um, I just, I don't see. You know, if if, if we didn't want to sell then we could just tell Bayern he's not available at any price. You know, this that is something that, that Levy has done before. He's done that with Real Madrid. He's done that with Chelsea. You know, he's done that. So okay. if he didn't want to sell, I think he'd just say, I don't want to sell. He's not available. If Kane didn't want to go, he could kill this. Exactly the same mm-hmm. as Sonny killed the speculation about him going to Saudi Arabia by saying that he didn't want to go. Um, so all the time, they're not saying that. I think that, you know, I think they're open to that to a deal being done. And the only question is is whether Bayern can come up with the money or structure a deal. I mean it's possible sure. that they've actually it's possible that they bid enough. It's just that they want to spread it, you know, spread it out um you know further than Ted so, Bowley on a you know yeah. <laughs> Bo, Todd Bowley even uh, you know yeah. and No you had it right Ted Bowley that's kind of right it plays <laughs> off the Ted Lasso Todd Bowley I kind of like that actually it's all right yeah but okay, so you're so you're going so you're going to basically pump the hook that you know you think he's going to be sold, but we won't nail into that. I'm going to pump that I think he is going to stay, but I will give myself the caveat of this: if you look at any major city in their like square or their downtown, like their Times Square, for example, or Piccadilly Circus, and you see a massive picture of Harry Kane cheering with a little Skechers logo at the bottom in a new Spurs shirt, he's going. He's going to go. He'll be sold then. Because, of course, I still have PTSD for Gareth Bale being the face of the Premiership in New York (laughs) in a Spurs shirt and then buggering off to Real Madrid (laughs) a week (laughs) later. So, uh, yes. Uh, Wow. I I know it's been a weird one, this, but it's been fun. And I think that it's, uh, you know, unpredictable. This pod has been an unpredictable journey for us tonight, Milo. And I think it's like it's like the season we're going to see unfold, I think, uh, starting next weekend at Brentford. So in the spirit of the new Spurs, I hope that you have enjoyed it. Thanks, mate. I had fun. Cheers. Yeah, no, it was good fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to Barca tomorrow night. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned that, have we? But uh, we will be back to talk about that uh, Barca friendly uh, and uh, also, of course, our Premier League opener against Brentford and all the latest Spurs happenings. 
I'm not reading that. That's the one bit of your script I'm not reading. I would, if you can guess the word, guess it in a song and send it to us. <laughs> As always, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. Cool. Good luck.